Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 159, so last week we had our big predictions of 2022. We're going to keep on the 2022 movie train and give our top 10 most anticipated movies of this year, which, I'm not going to lie, Josh, was a lot harder than I thought because I forgot yeah. how absolutely loaded this year is, so I had to really shrink down my list. Um, so yeah, we're going to be counting down our top 10 most anticipated movies of the year. This could either be theatrical or streaming. I have at least one movie that I know is going to streaming, even if I don't want it to. Um, but Josh, how you doing tonight? Hello, my dude. It's been uh, a chill week. Uh, we got two snowstorms last week. So What's snow? Like... I know, right? Like, legit, like, there was, I, was, I had to drive home from work during the first one, and uh, for a good bit there, I couldn't see, like, 15 feet in front of my, in front of the car, so that was only a little terrifying, uh, hmm. but yeah, no, it's been, it's been a chill week, um, pretty busy work-wise, um, yeah, no, yeah. You watching anything good? <laughs> yes, so, uh, well, not really, not a lot, uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, I, this is anime stuff. Uh, new episode of Demon Slayer is gah, so good. Super good. Uh, and then, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, necessarily, but I we convinced my mom to finally start watching the Harry Potter movies. Had she not before? No, she's the only one in the family that's not seen them. Wow. So, we just finished Prisoner of Azkaban. So, she doesn't watch like really intense movies a lot because like her anxiety legit like she has to like it gets her so wound up and like i understand that like that's like you i there was physical like tension i could see on her uh in the third one she does know that that's the last one and and, it's safe right no i told her that and i was like i'm sorry Uh, it's gonna get worse before it gets better yeah it's gonna get a lot worse um but it's gonna get seriously worse Mm. So I think one of the fun parts was about halfway through Prisoner of Azkaban, she's like, okay, Josh, I just, I need to know if Lupin is good or not. I need, like, I just, and like, I understand, like, from an anxiety, like, level, like, standpoint, like, if you physically can't handle that, that's all, I'm, okay, I was like, yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. And then the serious, the screeching shack scene happens, and he, quote unquote, betrays Harry, whatever and my mom's like oh, i thought you said he was good i was wait, like give it like two minutes <laughs> would you just wait a second <laughs> it's great hold on lottie uh, oh dude and like the joy in her face when she figured it out before it happened uh <laughs> that that it was not uh harry it was sorry it was not harry's dad it wasn't james that was casting the patronus it was harry she was like oh that's so great i love it was like yeah, it was. Hopefully your mom doesn't oh. overthink the fact that Ron had a grown man on his lap for close to a decade. I mean, yeah. No. <laughs> That's one but of those like, things of, I, like, J.K. Rowling, like, had this great plot twist of Scabbers is actually a human, but it's actually really disturbing the more you think about it. Of yeah. Like, the, uh, the way I, I approached it, I was like, so when Ron in the first one, when he tr- goes to use that spell on scabbers to turn in yellow it could have actually been a real spell 
yeah, it could actually be a real spell, but it doesn't work because Scabbers isn't a rat. He's a person. Yeah. It was just like, and same thing with the cup. And mom was like, my I could just see like the gears working in my mom's head. And she was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. I was like, yeah, I know. And also like upon rewatch and having to explain that to somebody, Ron's not as bad as of, of a wizard as like he kind of comes off to. I think it, no. upon your first viewing, I think most of the times when his spells don't work, it's something that has nothing to do with him. He did have a busted like, wand for a whole year. Yeah, like poor guy. Oh man, but yeah, Which, like he just—he's a great wizard. Now that I think about it, that more has something to say about how bad of a friend Harry is. Harry's basically loaded, <laughs> and you know your friend needs a wand for school like needs it more than a college kid needs a computer and you don't offer to just get him a new wand you loaded dick like you have all this money you bought him a cart full of candy once you can't buy him a wand when he needs it when technically you're the reason his wand broke like well, yeah, yeah. So I haven't read the books, but like I, I would assume that it's because they're at school and they're not allowed to leave school. They go home on but, like, Christmas break. That's all break. I can think of. But also, like, how do none of the professors be like, "Hey, would you do you need a to leave to go like take a take a vacation or something real quick to go get a wand?" Yeah. Like, like not like like it, I think it reflects more against against Hogwarts than it does Harry. Like, nah, we're just gonna let this kid use a broken wand. Only for the a whole strongest year. will survive at Hogwarts, <laughs> and he does survive. I mean, if, if the strongest. More than we could say for some other Neville, people, my man. More than we could say for some other Hogwarts Neville, students. Strongest. Oh jeez. Mm, mm, mm. um, my ball. So oh, I watched oh, three that. separate movies that are all wildly different. Uh, I watched Amazon's Being the Ricardos by Aaron Sorkin. Uh, basically, it follows Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz versus, during one week of filming uh, on I Love Lucy. But it's like the worst week of their lives of like what? allegations <laughs> of Desi being unfaithful, Lucille Ball being accused of being a communist. It all comes to head in one oh. week. And it's because it's Aaron Sorkin. I'm immediately interested. I loved his work on Moneyball. Uh, I still think, um, what was it? Trial of the Chicago 7 is one of the most underrated movies of 2020. Was it 2020 or 2021? That movie was outstanding. I just love Aaron Sorkin. So it was good. It, I don't know if it's his best, but I he can write his way out of anything. It's incredibly well written. Uh, I think Nicole Kidman's probably shoo-in to at least get a nomination for best actress. She's so good in it. J.K. Simmons could just do any role in his sleep. He's so good in it. Um, He's fantastic. On the flip side... For a completely different Amazon movie, I watched Chris Pratt's The Tomorrow War, which feels... Yeah, how is that? It feels like it came out 25 years too late. Like, it feels like it would fit mm. right at home with that Armageddon Independence Day type era. It's not yeah. bad, but that specific type of action movie is what I kind of equated it more to it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination once again jk simmons is the best thing about it like he and chris pratt are fighting an alien chris pratt just goes die they've killed the alien they're just laying in the snow did you just tell it to die yeah probably should have opened with that next time <laughs> like jk simmons <laughs> just completely straight faced <laughs> all right you're great and he is like you thought he was swole as Commissioner Gordon in those gym pictures? He's even more jacked in Tomorrow War, which is ungodly terrifying. It's 
it's fine. Um, albeit some of the time travel logic both does and does not make sense. So they're basically like, we can only transport you exactly 30 years in the future. We can't mess with time anymore. That's the way we've structured this. I'm going, cool. Then some character dies in the future and they try and make it really, really sad. And they're just like, oh no, this character died. And I'm going, well, if you just go back now, you've got the answer to how do you win. So this character mm-hmm. won't die. So stop trying to milk this emotion because we just know if you if you go back, you've already fixed everything now. Like, and they're just like, well, well we have this solution. I'm going, then do something about it. You've got literally years before these things come. So you know that, like... There's there's no actual rush to get anything done. Um, also, of the three movies that I watched this week, I hate to say it, but this is my least favorite one, and I did not particularly enjoy it. In the Heights. Wow. I was Aww. I was expecting a lot more from this. Um, first of all, I got to get off my chest. I'm not the biggest Lin-Manuel Miranda fan. I don't really get the appeal of Hamilton. I think he's very much a... This is my thing of like hip hop musicals. Yeah. That's my house wheelhouse, and I'm sticking to it. In the Heights is very similar to that. He didn't direct it, but you could definitely tell his flavor of music. The issue I have with it, there's no actual plot for In the Heights. It's basically like jumping from song to song in this little neighborhood block, which is fine if there was some form of a story tying it together, but they're really isn't a narrative it's more or less a glorified sing-along and wait eh. i thought it was like about like how their block was gonna get like destroyed or something like that nope that that's not in it at all oh there's no element to the neighborhoods going away there's certain parts of it of certain people are moving away from the block but it's not like everyone is there's like one group of people that's moving away and another character that's considering moving away but no the block doesn't go anywhere it's never threatened to be destroyed um there's some like political commentary but the movie can't decide if it really wants to fully go down that route or not uh and for clarification i watched in the heights for two reasons one it came highly recommended people were talking really good things about it and two one of the main actresses in it is Leslie Grace, this star of the upcoming Batgirl movie, who I had never seen her in anything. So I'm going, mm, okay, yeah. what do you bring to the table? I'm happy to say, while I didn't love In the Heights, Leslie, Leslie Grace is like the best thing about it. And you could tell yeah. her, and there's another character, I believe his name is Benny. When the two of them are on screen, you're going, oh, so you guys are the actual singers here. I can kind of compare yeah. it to... Mina Masoud in Aladdin. He was fine as Aladdin in the new live-action one. But when Naomi Scott starts singing in A Whole New World compared to him, you're going, oh, you're the classically trained singer here. Like, it kind of just makes everyone else stand out that much more. But yeah, I was I was kind of disappointed with In the Heights. There's some cool visual stuff that they try and do, but overall, not overly impressed with it. I will hopefully see Tick, Tick, Boom. By next week, Oof. that's the one I'm actually yes. more excited for, which is ironic because that is directed by Lin Manuel. But I think I'll have enjoy that one more because he's not creating his own music for this. He kind of is. You gotta stick with the Rent music. Plus, Andrew Garfield, man, just Andrew Garfield. Also, by the time we get back next week, we will be able to talk about the Peacemaker series, which will have dropped three episodes by now. Oh, true. Peacemakers yeah. this week. I'm super excited. So yeah. Um. Some good, some bad this week. I've been calling it all over the place. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, for whatever reason, I was like, you know, I'm missing some, some Spider-Man in my life. Just the hype from No Way Home. It just hasn't died yet. So I was like, you know what? I'll go back and play the game. Um, and I was like, I'll, I'll just pop in and swing around, kill some bad guys and, you know, that'll I'll, I'll be done. Well, I guess for some reason my save file disappeared. Oh. So, and I'm choosing to see this as a positive. I am getting to play the whole game over again and experience it all over again. With the Andrew Garfield like, skin? I you, you best believe that before I got the skin I actually wanted, that was the skin that I used. Which is weird because, like, don't get me wrong, I like Amazing Spider-Man, but I will still, to the day I die, say the Amazing Spider-Man suit's one of the worst he's, they've ever had. Amazing Spider-Man uh, 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is almost true. perfect, and I'm glad that's true. the one that they did for No Way Home. But Amazing Spider-Man, yeah. it looks like a bad basketball. Like, it lo- looks weird. It does. It does, and that is why I went with the uh, Scarlet Spider suit that you get at the beginning of the game, because it's so dang cool. That is a nice uh, suit. Yeah. That's just... that's, And it's really weird... Knowing how the game ends and playing through it, oh no! <laughs> and you know how they actually should have killed off a certain character. Oh, although you know, no, I don't hate how they did no. it. In no, in no way home. No, me neither. This, but I think the game did it better. Way harder, yeah. The game just hits God. so hard. Of, let me see the face of my nephew. You're just going. like that's to me the ending of spider-man is like the definitive spock of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one you're just going Mm -hmm. that's a prime example of it of oof tough choices man but let's get into some news because i've been waiting a few days to talk about some news and i don't know why (laughs) there's a specific news topic that kind of gained traction a few days ago like, the sparks kind of started to kick up a little bit on this flame. And then, like, a day or two ago, holy crap, it turned into a full-on brush fire with this story. So, the Batgirl, starring Leslie Grace, is filming right now in Glasgow, Scotland. So, we're getting some leaked set pictures, which we don't normally talk about leaked set photos and stuff here because it's not officially released stuff from studios. But when we're talking about one specific character, we will talk about any leaks or rumors that we want because I am not a patient man. So what I'm getting at is supposedly there will be some presence of a Robin in the upcoming Batgirl movie to which I feel like just last week someone predicted that we would get a Robin presence at some point in 2022. I feel vindicated already. So... I said it kicked off a few days ago and kind of turned some people's heads because normally we don't talk about Reddit rumors because there's not much to it. But with some new information that's come out, people kind of backtracked and found this one specific post of someone talking about Batgirl that lined up with some other stuff that we now know is confirmed. Like this original post was from months and months ago saying J.K. Simmons would be back as gordon michael keaton be the batman all this stuff that now we know is absolutely true so it kind of got people digging more into that original post going well what else were they saying they said that there were a couple names being considered for robin with the potential to be spun off into a nightwing movie down the road and some of the names i was just patting myself on the back going holy crap 
we were this close. One of the names being considered right now is Power Ranger 2017's Ludi Lin, to which we're just going, holy crap, holy crap, because Josh and I have been championing Ludi Lin's casting as Nightwing for what feels like years. We've been saying that one for a very long time. I mean, at the very least, since Power Rangers was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this year, this year will be five years for Power Rangers. That came out in wow, 2017. That, but that makes me really sad. Dylan O'Brien is another name being considered. Uh, I think Joshua Bassett. Uh, so that could be interesting hearsay. That could just be a rumor because Reddit is a place to post wild speculation. But where this thing gets really interesting is about two days ago, they're starting setting up oh. outdoor stuff for the Batgirl. Oh. And there's a mural of the Batman. But at the time when the original post picture was posted, it was just a picture of the Batman, who will talk about it. We won't show the picture here. But that Batman looks like he's wearing a completely new suit. There's no doubt about it. It's the Michael Keaton Batman. But that suit looks new with white eyes, too. White eyes, my man. White oh. eyes. But that initial picture of the mural was only showing half of it. So when we get the full picture... Robin is standing next to Batman in this rundown mural to which everyone, myself included, just goes, Red alert! Red alert! We're serious! We're getting... It's the Robin alarm! Robin alarm! Robin alert! Let's go! I did find it interesting, however, though, that Robin in this mural, unlike Batman, has the lower half of his face completely covered, mixed with his mask on the front. This is scaring his face completely. It's making me go, okay, so this is kind of your out for we haven't fully casted this individual yet. Um, but to me, this is the strongest indication yet that we are getting Robin either in Batgirl, reference to him in Batgirl, or he will be making his debut very, very soon. I'll get into my Robin fanboyism very, very soon, but I think there's some other fish to fry with this. Yeah. Besides Robin, the greatest comic book character of all time, coming into Batgirl, this has huge ramifications. One, we know Michael Keaton's Batman in the Batgirl movie. Michael Keaton never had a Robin. Robin showed up in the Joel Schumacher ones, which does this imply that Joel Schumacher's movies are no longer canon? Because whether people like those movies or not, those were canon to the Michael Keaton movies. They are all still in the same universe. Does this kind of Halloween 2018 Joel Schumacher's movies and wipe Batman Forever and Batman Robin out of existence? Because I don't think this is going to be Chris O'Donnell. It doesn't look like Chris O'Donnell in that picture. Um, It raises a lot of interesting questions because as I've also brought up a lot of times, and I think it's one of the single stupidest decisions Zack Snyder ever did, and that's saying something, was when Zack Snyder decided to kill off Dick Grayson as the dead Robin in Batman vs. Superman. I think that stymies a lot of your creative storytelling with the Bat family. Not that Snyder had any care about sidekicks whatsoever as he shot Jimmy Olsen in the face. Um, this is not just me as a Robin and the Nightwing fan going, this is awesome. This is also me as a DC Comics fan going, this forever changes up the landscape. This is a huge change. Uh, but Josh, you saw the picture. I sent it to you in mm-hmm. girlish squeals of delight. What did you make of this picture? What do you think? Yeah, it's pretty interesting that the, the bottom of Robin's face is... It, like, so I went back and looked at my phone. So can I get it? 
fresh in my mind. Um, it's like scratched out, but like not like someone came up and was like, <laughs> but like just like a wear and tear, like the paint peeled off. So that implies like that. that it's been there for a while. Correct. And I have always like, I guess it never hit me until now. I, Robin has to exist before Batgirl. I hadn't considered that for some reason. And now I was like, well, it only makes sense for there to be a Robin because it's, I, I, are we going to imply Batgirl as Batman's first uh, sidekick? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, well, you could. I don't. I guess I don't have too much of a problem with that. Uh, but yeah, no, like, I see no issue with being like, yeah, so Dick Grayson's in this movie. Because, like, so you got to try to put Tim first? Nah, 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 there'll be a riot. No, that suit looks very, very much the Dick Grayson-specific suit. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, here's where I can be a Dick Grayson fanboy here, as obviously you know, everyone at home knows, I've been waiting not so patiently for some form of Dick Grayson development. I would not be surprised if he's been robbing for a while, because this mural that we see in the picture has been weathered, implying that Batman and Robin have been a thing for a really long time, and also Michael Keaton is not young. So, uh, yeah, maybe the direction they're going is he starts off as Robin in this movie to kind of set him up, and then his can easily be spun into a Nightwing movie, which Chris McKay has still not given up on hopefully someday making it. I wouldn't be surprised if they come back around and go, okay, this Batgirl movie is how we can introduce an eventual Nightwing down the road. Almost like certain somebody called it not too long ago and has been saying so for a very long time. Also, for anybody that's, you know, interested in what story direction they could potentially take a Nightwing oh, movie gosh. in. Um, <laughs> I know a guy. That's It's his best video and his best work he's ever done. I don't know what that says about his type of content, though. Um, I would not be surprised, though. And here's an interesting thought. I haven't even pitched to you yet, Josh. Okay. But we know from pictures but also from story beats that Barbara Gordon will work for the GCPD here in this mm-hmm. version under her dad. Mm-hmm. What if Dick Grayson also is a cop and that's where she meets him for the first time? It wouldn't be unheard of because in the comics, Dick worked as a police officer in the Bloodhaven Police Department, which is the next city over from Gotham for quite a while during the original Chuck Dixon run. Maybe for the simplicity's sake, they streamline that. And before they ever meet each other under the cape and cowl, they're co-workers, completely oblivious to what the other does at night type of situation. Uh, I think that could be really interesting, and that might be the direction that they take. This also means to me, if we're getting outside shooting soon, and they're getting stuff to film stuff in front of everyone, if Robin really is in this movie... We're getting official casting sooner rather than later. Like, yeah. I would not be surprised if in the next week or two, at the latest, we get some more official casting confirmation. Because casting-wise, it's been kind of quiet on the Batgirl front. We know J.K. Simmons, Michael Keaton are in it. Brandon Fraser is the bad guy. There's been rumors of Killer Moth being in the movie as well. Yeah. Um, but you got to flesh out the rest of the cast. And we don't know a ton, so I would not be surprised if... They are going to announce that very, very soon. Uh, we heard some names that they're narrowing down. I'm not a tinfoil hat person normally. Um, 
but I do. Yeah, okay, hold on. Yeah, okay. This is the very tinfoil hat theory. That's why I say I don't normally reach this much, but I do find the timing to be interesting as soon as a whole bunch of people talking about, ew, there's all these bad directions that they might be going for Batgirl based off some very obscure Reddit rumors that maybe some people are suggesting DC did this as damage control because they're just going, people love Nightwing. Just put Nightwing rumors out there to kind of negate the negative news, but I'm going, no, this has been on the filming schedule for a little bit. Um, I just think it's about time that they finally have figured out, okay, this could be our entryway for Nightwing because... I think Warner Brothers and especially Zack Snyder have underestimated the fan base, not just myself, but Dick Grayson slash Nightwing is a immensely popular character with a lot of storytelling possibilities. And I think the Bat family especially has been misutilized in movies like in favor of Batman is a cool solo character. I'm going, his best stories involve others helping him. And I would like to see the Bat family be introduced um my only thing is do we know if this movie's coming out this year or not it looks like they've got some christmas themed stuff to it so it could be a christmas theme movie um i don't know if we have a set release date for this or not but i i think it's supposed to be this year but i don't know i i thought it was next year at the earliest if they're filming now, I would assume that it would be... Not necessarily. But... Halloween Ends hasn't started filming yet. Halloween Ends films in February, and that's still coming out this year. Interesting. But then again, Halloween, you know, could be filmed in three weeks and be completely <laughs> done and in the can. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think what would be interesting, and, you know, just thinking about how they could pull this off... Uh, I almost want them. I, I kind of could feel it that feel them being friends or coworkers or whatever before. Would be their special buddies. Is, uh, what would be interesting, I think, is this is like Barbara comes in and meets Bruce at the time when uh, uh, Dick actually leaves to go to to go to Bloodhaven to go on his own, just because of age and timing wise. And then, so then Batgirl is the one that steps in to fill that void. Um, it, because it, which could be interesting. I don't know. It kind of feels weird, puts Dick's character in a weird place, especially if this is quote unquote the first time we're meeting him. I don't well, know. Somebody has covered that before. Of uh, Yeah, there's a video on the Uncharted Media channel. Uh, I don't know. Maybe go check it's it almost out. like my, it almost like I treated it. Like we're only just meeting him when he's leaving for Bloodhaven for the first time. So if you're looking for a launching point, we got a certain um, Nightwing video that just passed 10,000 views. So thanks for that, guys. Um, Let's talk about some more interesting news. That being the CW apparently is up for sale. Uh, Also, before doing research for this news topic, I had not realized the CW... Has never been profitable. Ever. Wow. It has been in existence. It has been in existence since 2006 and has never once turned a profit. So Warner Media and Viacom, who share ownership of the CW, is looking to sell it off. Which I'm going, yeah, you probably should have done this a long time ago. I'm imagining the number one factor in this decision has to be the Warner Discovery merger. I wouldn't be surprised if Discovery's looking at the books going, 
the heck are you doing with the CW thing? You're bleeding money into it. But also, now I kind of feel bad for all the times I made fun of the CW going, wow, your effects look bad, your costumes look bad. It's probably because they had like a $5 budget and they're just trying their absolute best. Like, how can you not be profitable for 15 years, though? Like, before that, it was like, what, the WB or something like that, back with the frog? Um, WB Kids. Yeah, oh, with Jackie Chan Adventures. With Jackie Chan Adventures. Dude, Dude, I just went down this whole rabbit hole recently of, like, Jackie Chan Adventures, Shaolin Showdown, like, all those OG WB Kids shows. Mucha Lucha. Oh, man, such good stuff. Yu-Gi-Oh was my stuff. Yu-Gi-Oh and Jackie Chan Adventures. Jackie, I... It's so funny. I think I sent you the post before, but uh, there's that picture of a collection of all the talismans. And it's like the problem with being an adult is I have adult money that can buy stuff. And this is one of those things I'm going to buy with my adult money is a collection of the talismans. Which I actually saw someone make them out of like crystal resin. And I was like, ooh, that's so pretty. Yeah. Uh, But anyway. um, I was looking online and I saw somebody was selling actual like robin slash nightwing wingdings like really nice ones i'm going i don't need it i don't need it (laughs) i don't need it but i need it but so the cw is looking to be sold however any current cw programming i would imagine it will not affect it in the short term because shows will typically be like okay you've been renewed for seasons two and three after that season two and three, then you can kind of reevaluate like um, the flash, I think is like in season eight or nine. I don't know if it's been picked up for multiple seasons, but say someone bought CW right now, they couldn't really do anything with the current programming until all those individual shows contracts have run up. So like Superman and Lois debuts, we're recording on Tuesday night. It debuts back tonight. It's getting all of season Yay. two. Um, nobody would be able to touch that. It does present a very interesting future for that channel. Like, I don't really know, but would the CW just be an IP in terms of, like, a avenue to distribute content? Would the current CW stuff just move to HBO Max when the contracts are done? It Either HBO Max or I know Netflix has the rights to a lot of stuff. Like, Netflix has the rights to past seasons of Arrow or The Flash, uh, Black Lightning... Uh, would those shows go to HBO Max? Would new contracts be reevaluated? I just thought this is really bizarre. Uh, but also, it just makes a lot of sense with this giant merger happening of trying to off-put all your non-valuable assets, basically like making the books look as good as humanly possible before a big acquisition. Kind of like WWE getting rid of all their massive talent. No, no, we're not selling the company at all. We're not selling the company at all. Let's get rid of 100 people. Like, legit, and, like, people that have carried the company for the past... William Regal? Like, you know, whatever. You know, okay, whatever. Dude, I'm waiting for the day they say that they they let go Triple H. Like, that'll be the day. That'll, that'll be how you know. And honestly, I don't think it's that far off. Um, what's interesting to me is, as far as the CW's uh, sale, um, I do get kind of, like, a like a Disney XD kind of feel of like, like, like you said, like it's, it's more of an IP that has a collection of shows. Um, 
which would make sense for it to go to, to Netflix or or HBO HBO Max because of all the DC shows. I could, would be surprised if it ends up on D, on HBO Max eventually um, once the Netflix stuff. Eventually, yeah. eventually, uh, which means to me that it could not necess- it wouldn't necessarily be done because HBO Max I think would would be more willing to dump actual amounts of money. <laughs> into the show i was thinking the exact Um, same thing the reason why superman and lois has better visual effects is because it's co-financed by hbo max as well as cw like that's that's why superman and lois has so much frankly i'll say it a better visual presentation is because they have a bigger budget to work with because hbo max has helped it so to speak and which is why that's the only one i know of cw wise it's on hbo max but yeah i could see shows like a Naomi or a Black Lightning getting moved to HBO Max and then getting a better budget. Flash, I think whenever it's done with CW, it's just done. We just need to put Flash out to pasture. Like Yeah, it's it's been it's been around for too long. Yeah, it this does just scream of merger and probably a discovery decision of hey, we don't really want this asset. You guys should sell it. You guys can split the revenue, you guys can have that. Because um, Discovery's not idiots. Discovery like yeah. Discovery knows what is working financially and what is not. So I I'm really looking forward to Discovery Warner Media uh, mergers just because I trust the people in charge of Discovery. I've heard nothing but good things about I think his name is David Zasloff. Um something along those lines. Like he's very much creator forward. But clearly looking at this, he's got a smart mind of okay, just just trim this hedge here. Like we don't need this. Uh it's Still, it's just kind of bizarre to think that CW very soon probably will not exist. I wish I could say that I'll miss it, but yeah. with CW, the CW's low slogan should be great for two seasons, then unwatchable. Well, and like that's the thing, it's because it's been around for so long, like it definitely will feel like losing a piece of history almost because like i just remember growing up and just seeing you know so and so on the cw so and so on the cw supernatural like, it was just like yeah it was like it was the it that's why i think it's so hard for me to believe that it never turned an actual profit because it was always putting out i mean like decent television it wasn't like perfect but it got the job done you know what i mean i don't know it's just sad to see it go hopefully this this opens up for more more opportunity for them to get those shows to get bigger budgets and maybe even make make space for some better programming on whatever channel the cw is on Mm. so now the main question of the day that we have to ask ourselves who the heck at Pixar pissed off Bob Chapek so bad that he's just yeah. insisting on screwing over all future Pixar endeavors? He's going to future endeavor Pixar soon. So what we mean by that is Pixar's newest film, Turning Red, is now going straight to Disney Plus for free. No premier access, no having to pay 30 bucks, no theatrical option at all. It's just going straight to streaming no theatrical option whatsoever. Now, I've seen some people go, well, with the Omicron um, variant out there, people are still concerned, especially with older people and young children being the target audience for Pixar movies and their health not always being known. 
I'm going, I don't know. This movie was coming out at the end of March. We still have a long way to go in terms of how it could progress. From everything we're hearing, Omicron is strong, but it goes away very, very quickly. Um, And other March releases, or heck, even February releases, have not moved. Uncharted has not moved yet. The Batman Batman has not moved yet. (laughs) This does scream... Disney does not like Pixar as much as they used to. Now, before you start calling me a conspiracy theorist, this is the third Pixar movie in a row that Disney has tampered with its release. Either dumping it completely free on Disney Plus with Soul and then Luca, or, yeah, they don't even put Premier Access because I feel like the Disney movies that aren't Pixar, but they're just straight-up Disney animation, either go theatrical or are premiere access like ryan the last dragon you had to pay the 30 bucks for it and kanto got a theatrical release but both of those were disney animation which is a completely different studio than disney pixar i don't know who pissed off pixar but if i work at pixar right now i'm not gonna lie i'm looking for jobs elsewhere because clearly my employer doesn't care about my work if this has happened three times in a row in less than a year and i know we're in hate the word but unprecedented times the first time i can understand the second time still don't like it but okay the third time when we can actually see a light theoretically at the end of the tunnel with no option for theatrical release this just screams not right that being said i wasn't particularly interested in this movie i actually really hated the trailer the first trailer, I thought the main characters looked incredibly obnoxious, and it. But yeah. then again, it, I don't think it's targeted for me, and that is totally okay. Not all movies have to be targeted to a specific demographic. That's completely fine. Just saying, for me, I wasn't interested. Right now, I'm much more interested in whatever the heck is going on behind the scenes that has pissed off Disney CEOs enough that they're going, yeah, Pixar, bye. See, but, like, I don't think they pissed anybody off. I think, and I don't think I'm far off from saying this, Bob Chapek is not creator-oriented. And Pixar's movies are all very, very creator-oriented. Which... Half the the visuals that we got in Luca and in Soul, I don't think we would get if it wasn't for Pixar and letting their, their artists do their thing and create something unique but Disney hates that. So it's like Chapek hates that Bob Chapek hates that. Which speaking of Chapek, we're not going to turn it into a full, full on discussion topic here. But Josh, did you see reports that came out about Chapek and his new three pillars? And also he said he's going to have creative meetings every month with the creative departments. I'm going, Oh God, that sounds like micromanaging to the worst extent here. Every month. I didn't hear that. Yeah. What was the um? What's the three pillars? Uh, something about storytelling, which I'm going. That's always been Disney's thing. Way to just ride yeah. Iger's coattails. Uh, I forget what the second one was, and then the third one was listening to our core audience, to which everyone just burst out laughing and goes, "Oh, we've told you we hated Genie Plus, which is a paid FastPass subscription service at the parks," and they're going. Sorry, what? What? We didn't. We didn't hear you all the, over all the sound of this money that we're making that you keep giving us. Like, 
Really? You're going to say you're listening to the, your fans when you continually spit in their face with stuff? But Yeah, that's just... Yeah. Uh, monthly monthly thing. creative meetings. I'm going to just... I don't like... I, yeah, I uh, compared Disney Universal a lot in the past few years because I'm in or- Orlando. I know the two companies. And recently, the Universal CEO, Universal Orlando, head of Parks guy, retired. You know how I know he was good at his job? I never heard his name. Ever. Mm. I heard it when new rides were announced. He was there opening day. He was there eating his churros when Velocicoaster opened. It's a running joke. But I never heard his name. That's how you know he's doing your job right. When you're not in the news for headlines. This is, again, another huge misstep from JPEG. And yes, we do enjoy bagging on Mr. Clean on this podcast because he's just such an idiot. I love his idiocracy, but at the same time, it makes me so sad. Yeah. I. Mm. So the three pillars, I've Googled the article real quick, okay. uh, are, uh, so JPEG identifies the three areas as storytelling, innovation, and relentless focus on our audience. If I remember, if, if I remember correctly, he said something about, we're going to look strongly into the metaverse. I hate I hate the metaverse. I think it's stupid. It's not going to work. It's not a thing. Huh, I just there's just so much about like the way that Disney treats Pixar stories that's just like what 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 do you want to happen here, man? Do you are you like because here's the thing, everyone seems to really really like Encanto, and for the most part, on the surface level, I really really like it as well, but. The more I think about it, the more I don't like it. And it's, it's story-wise. And it's just knowing that the same company that puts that out and is like, yeah, storytelling, but then looks at like stories like Soul as like not as good because they're not from Disney. It's like, come on, man, you're stupid. Like, Doesn't acknowledge their own Mr. history. Queen. They don't acknowledge yeah, their own history. Like, don't respect their own history. It's just, I'm done. But sounds like good things are to to come yeah so chalk this last news topic up today as a surprise to be sure but a welcome one so (laughs) we've known for a little bit that we're getting a a quiet place part three however john krasinski will not be back to direct he directed the first two but he said he'd be stepping away for a third one but he'd still be involved in the creative process i believe he would probably be writing the third one yeah. Then uh, John Krasinski himself appointed, I believe the guy's name was Jeff Nichols, to direct A Quiet Place Part 3. I'm going, oh, okay. I, I don't think I'd ever really heard of him before. And so I was just going, going uh, I don't know. Without John Krasinski, I don't know if I'm in. Well, Jeff Nichols is out. I don't know if it's creative differences or scheduling conflicts. And his replacement Oh my god, I could have had a hundred years to think of a replacement, and I couldn't have thought of a better one. They have gotten, let me see if I can pronounce the name right, Michael Sarnowski, who just did Nicolas Cage, who directed Nicolas Cage in Pig, which, y'all, I know a lot of people slept on Pig, or went into Pig with the wrong assumptions, thinking it was Nicolas Cage's John Wick, and it really is not at all. But to me, Pig was one of the best movies of last year. And artistically, it does feel like it could exist in the same world as A Quiet Place. 
because <laughs> imagine no i'm just like imagining nicholas cage showing up in quiet place now and i <laughs> and i need it i need it, I need it, I need it. so bad because <laughs> honestly guys oh. seriously watch pig because it's probably one of nicholas cage's best performances in years and if that nicholas cage shows up for a quiet place part three he can give John Krasinski and Emily Blunt a run for their money. But stylistically, a lot of Pig, I feel like, would fit so perfectly with A Quiet Place because both A Quiet Place and Pig are very much somber, reflective, dramatic pieces of... You expect big action, and at times there can be big action in A Quiet Place, but at least with the first one, not so much with the second one, I think that's part of the reason why I didn't like the second one as much, the first one is very much about working through grief and family and pig is essentially just all about grief a man losing the one thing in the world that he loves more than anything else so if john krasinski made this pick i can absolutely see why because thematically there's so much that connects with pig in a quiet place which is the weirdest sentence that i'm gonna say (laughs) this entire episode but i I was not i don't know (laughs) i'll be honest i wasn't overly excited for a quiet place part three just because i didn't know what jeff nichols would bring to the table i was really disappointed we weren't going to get john krasinski back directing plus the second one i thought was just okay it was definitely a step down from the first one though but you bring in a talent of the guy that did pig with a quiet place i really think that's a match made in heaven i'm knocked that one out of the park that's a really good call (laughs) why not I, I still need to watch Pig, uh, which actually, you know what? I have enough time tonight. I'll probably do this after we're done recording. Hulu. Um, Pig or Willy's Wonderland? <laughs> it is. And I actually have it saved to my stuff. And I just keep forgetting to go in there and watch it. Um, but gosh, dude, like just like the idea of, of Nicolas Cage showing up in a Quiet Place movie is honestly the only thing I I've now want to happen this year. And I have no issue with that at all. <laughs> Also, when you see Pig, I think you'll go, oh, yeah, I can definitely see that or hear that of Pig, the score for the movie actually sounds a lot like A Quiet Place, a very much kind of Last of Us-esque, a very Mm -hmm. simple, somber music throughout, very simple instruments, just tonally Pig in A Quiet Place. It's a weird correlation, but they fit together and i just oh gosh this why, this movie why does that... this movie just went from like not that hyped to oh my god i need this in my heart right now this is why why, why does that sound like a uh like a like a little house on the prairie knockoff a pig in a quiet place like like come on oh dude i'm just i just need this i need to i need this yeah absolutely Granted, I kind of still need to see the second one, too. But, yeah. yeah, it's in the voodoo. Yeah. So, as per usual, this episode is sponsored by Tee Public, your one-stop shop for all Uncharted Media merch. We now have five designs for you to pick from. You can get a t-shirt, a notebook, a sticker, whatever your heart desires to rep your Uncharted Media merch and rep your Uncharted Media needs, your favorite podcast, you know it, we know it, 
Support the show with T Public. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you're getting your podcast from. We're trying to reach 700 subscribers by the end of the year. And you can help us get there by subscribing to us on YouTube. Without further ado, let's get it in to our top 10 most anticipated movies of 2022. And like I said at the beginning of the show, this was incredibly difficult because everything yeah. got delayed till 2022, basically. <laughs> like, 2021 was the year I feel like movie theaters kind of stepped their toes back into the water very, very gently. We got some stuff. Here's my analogy I'm going with. Every movie kind of tiptoed their toes into the water, seeing how it would do. And then No Way Home just did a freaking cannonball. was like, yeah, my turn, my turn. I make big splash now. And everyone's just going, well, crap. Maybe we should have gotten a multiverse of our own. Now everyone's going to start yeah. trying to figure out crossovers. Uh, but everything got delayed till 2022. I think Jurassic Park was the smart one here. They were the first ones to delay till 2022. And I remember everyone going, wow, that's so far out. And now we're going, uh, they're probably smart. They, they must have known something we didn't. So I initially had 20 <laughs> movies on my top 10. Obviously, that's mathematically impossible. So I had to trim down my list. So I have my top 10 with three honorable mentions. So I was able to trim down my honorable mentions as well. So I'm going to get those out of the way now. My three honorable mentions are Scott Derrickson's The Black Phone. I'm very excited for okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creed 3. I'm very excited yeah. to see Jonathan Majors just beat the crap out of Michael B. Jordan. I think it'll be great. And here's probably where I'm going to lose Josh. My last honorable mention, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Really? As an honorable mention? As an honorable mention, just because this year is this loaded that looking at the other ones on, that's, my, that's on my top ten, I'm going, as much as I'm excited, I don't think it's going to be higher than this movie or this movie. It's There's so many that I feel like I can't get this on here, so it's just, it can't be. That's fair. I, I feel that. Um, I've got that black, the black phone as well. Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder is still it's not on any of me. them. That's not on my honorable mentions or my top ten, just because I can't and, fit it. And that's fine. I understand that. I mean, we haven't really had a poster or a trailer yet, so I, I'm kind of like it, it's hard for me to get too hyped about mm -hmm. it. Same thing with kind of like Knives Out too. Like I want, I'm gonna be hyped about it no matter what but i still need a trailer or something like that um like creed is definitely out up there uh light year is on there only because i'm really really hopeful i think i'm being unnecessarily hopeful with that unfortunately i just i guess we'll find out i don't know yeah so um i'll start us off with my number 10 that it's just crazy to me that this is my number 10 again this year is just this loaded it's weird to me that this is my number 10 because for a very long time the first one of these was my favorite dceu movie my number 10 aquaman and the lost kingdom i loved the first aquaman so so much i think jason momoa was perfect casting it is the type of comic book movie that i've wanted of bright vibrant it it acknowledges its cheesiness it feels and just it's a comic book panel brought to life of i see a fully grown man riding a seahorse into battle and it's 
badass and I love it so, so much. Like, I still grin like an idiot when he comes through the waterfall for the first time in the gold and green suit just going, Yes! We have peaked as a civilization here. <laughs> you have done it. You have like, done the impossible. Oh. You've created the most difficult suit of all time in a movie, and it looks amazing. But like, there's that, and like the black black mantis and orm suit. The costumes and just like mm. there's so much good stuff in that. So it's totally reasonable for that to be on your number 10. Like, I don't blame you that at all. Just because, like, it really is seeing some of, like, the other stuff that's on this list. It's like, yeah, like, wow, this is going to go hard. This this year is going to go hard in the paint. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your number 10? I am, uh, it's up there. It's, it, I kind of reserved number 10, my 10 slot for, like, I'm hyped for it. But, like, depending on some things i might be able to skip the theatrical release we'll see you know what i mean for so it, the flash is so good Ooh, it's like yeah it's gonna be hype bro it's there's gonna be so much that can happen I, both good or I bad just, it could either go go yeah, either way that's the other thing is like i don't know what direction we're gonna go here but hopefully it's good yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be lying if I said those rumors that came out not too long ago didn't kind of dampen it a little bit. But then again, I'm still going. Those are not necessarily proven rumors. We could just wait and see how the movie progresses. Because mm. at the same time, a lot of the rumors about No Way Home ended up being true. And on paper, I hated them. But how they're executed in the movie actually really, really worked. So... There's a big difference between explaining something and actually seeing it. So that could yeah. be the case with, with The Flash. So I'm not entirely – I'm not sure. It, It's on my list. We'll get to it later. Um, yeah. What's your number nine? Uh, and this was a movie – I sent you the trailer because I thought it was super interesting. Uh, but I don't think you'll find interesting at all. <laughs> um, everything all at once uh, is a movie kind of done in the same vein as uh, Parasite. Is it Parasite? Yeah. Where it's just like, it's all primarily Asian cast. It, But like, this is dealing with like, extra dimensional stuff. This has like, a, a, a vibe, like Jet Li's the one, but like, less cheesy 90s sci-fi action. And just more of, this lady who owns a laundromat, who's gonna kick some butt. And it's just, I'm so here for it. It just, I don't know what it was about the trailer, but I was just, I'm always here for interdimensional brain trips. <laughs> and Jamie Lee Curtis is in, and she kind of looks like Ed, yes! she kind of looks like Edna oh. Mode from The Incredibles. She's got the bowl <laughs> cut so with the great. glasses. I'm like, dude, I will see it for her character alone. She's uh, it looks so. Fun. She'll show up somewhere later on my list. Um, I'm sure she will. Just like how everything all at once, all together now, isn't on my list. My number nine is going to be nowhere near Josh's list. I know this for a fact. <laughs> Mission Impossible 7. Yeah, no, no. Because <laughs> Josh has no taste and hates these movies for some reason. Wow. I don't need I to don't be get, I like genuinely that. do not get how you don't like them. Like, maybe some of the earlier ones, like 2, where they just, you know, okay. charge at each other with motorcycles. But from 4 on, they genuinely just keep getting better and better. And actually having a core cast of crew 
unlike you know just changing out every movie i think that works better for me i like having the same cast every single time but the stories have gotten so much better it's not just all right we got one cool stunt how do we make a movie out of that one cool stunt like they still have the big stunts but there's good stories around it ghost protocol is one of my favorite action movies period and that burj khalifa scene when he's climbing up is still fantastic i loved fallout even if the trailers gave away that henry cavill was the bad guy and they're like are you surprised we're going no you moron you showed him shooting a machine gun in the trailer like come on now also has anybody else just watched that gif on a loop of henry cavill cocking his arms in that bathroom fight just on a loop come on now come on now that's awesome okay um i will give you the credit that the past two had like past three rogue nation i'll give you a pass but four five and six have all been great they're good they're good entertainment i'm just not that into spy movies at the end of the day and even that they're barely spy movies yeah that's why and look they're not spy movies so why do you hate them i just hate tom cruise and his stupid scientology stuff yeah i don't like tom cruise either but i respect that he's <laughs> learned to improve the movies i still haven't forgiven him for the mummy but that's a hmm, that's another issue entirely um Moving on from one that I think is on Josh's list, my number eight, a few months ago, it would not have been on my top ten or even in my honorable mentions. But holy crap, that teaser trailer for Black Adam got me so hyped. Because <laughs> right, for a while there, right. I was just like, the Black Adam movie will never come to fruition. Even then when they wrap filming, I'm just like, this movie will never yeah, come out because it's been in development hell for years. Then they added Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate, Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, Noah Centineo as Adam Smasher. I'm going, wait, you're building an actual cast of Justice Society members? I was like, okay, I'm at least interested. And then we get some leaked set pictures of like what some of the locations will look like. I'm going, oh, okay. Then they showed the trailer DC Fandom of... Eh, we've heard The Rock say the the hierarchy of the DC Universe is about to change. Okay, sure, whatever. Oh my god, he just crushed that man's skull! Um, Shazam, <laughs> run! You gonna get bodied, fool! Like, okay, I immediately believe that that is the baddest dude in the DC Universe on the spot, and I am terrified and a little aroused at the same time. I'm terrified right now of The Rock and this movie combined with Justice Society, which I think are very underappreciated DC characters, probably getting spun off into their own movie while we figure out what we're doing with the Justice League proper. I think the Black Adam movie is going to be great, even if it took us a very, very long time to get there. That's fair. I'm with you. Uh, It's odd because both of our number eights are are, uh, superhero movies that are on the darker side of things. Uh, I personally was not that big of a fan of the first trailer of this movie, but the second trailer for Morbius, like I got a really little, like I got kind of hyped on it. I I don't know what it is, like even like hit that line at, towards the end. He's like, I'm just kidding, John Michael Morbius. That's your second. I was like, I I have to see this. It looks so cool. The transformation that Jared Leto is going to go through is going to be so cool. Even some of the visuals that they kind of tease in the trailer about how this sonar is going to work will just like, it's going to be hard for me to not be hyped about this movie. I think 
that might change. I'll say this. That might change when, like, a proper Black Adam trailer comes out. Uh, because, God, like, just Pierce Brosnan as uh, Dr. Fate is just going to absolutely get a lot of bells. Uh, we'll see what happens. But definitely Morbius is up there in my top ten of, as far, for movies I want to see this this year. I'm wondering if... Especially for... Especially, sorry, I just hit this. Especially for the potential implications of Spider-Man. I was just about to say, were you excited for Morbius a month ago before there was a possibility of a certain you know other spider showing this. up? A certain Spider-Man that hates the Mondays because, you know, he's a Garfield. Hate you. <laughs> hate you for that joke. I hate you for that joke. Um, Josh, what is your number seven? Number seven is going to be way lower on my list than it is on Nathan's uh, Uncharted. I, I'm fine with that. I didn't know if it would be on your list at all. I, like, I'm hyped about it, especially having played through, a, like, I think two of the games. Um, I'm down. Like, yeah, absolutely. I love a good treasure hunt. I love a good move, like, a good treasure hunting movie. I'm here for Mark Wahlberg. I'm here for... for um, Jeez, I almost called him Nathan Drake. Uh, Tom Holland. See, the subliminalness is already <laughs> sinking in, man. <laughs> sinking in. Uh, I just, I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely nowhere near like the most hype that I'm gonna have all all year. But because I, it, I, I think it's gonna be like a saying that it's my number seven. I think it might be the highest that it gets. So I'm like, oh no, I'm seven. amazed that it's even on your top 10. I'm totally fine with that because yeah. a lot of people's hype list is nowhere even close to it. Cause I think way too many people are sleeping on this. Also, I've been going through and I'm playing all the games to get ready for this. I still love the first one, mm-hmm. but God, the mechanics are janky it's as hell in so the first bad. one. The hit detection, so bad. the hit detection is so bad. It's not even so much the hit detection; that's part of it. But the other part is, all right, press circle in a direction to go for cover. I did that, and he just kind of stands there. He doesn't like snap to a cover spot, so he like nope. he rolls, then gets shotgun in the face because he didn't get to cover. I'm like, I pressed the freaking, mm. and then this. <laughs> It does get better. Like the mecha- I'm in the second one right now. I'm going okay. You go to cover this time around. Like there's there's a snap to cover here, as opposed to oh I'm just gonna get blasted. Also, it still confuses the crap out of me how in Uncharted, a pistol does more damage than an AK-47. Dude, I will, oh my I will shoot somebody 25 times with an AK as opposed to six shots with a pistol. Also, how the heck does a pistol have more range than an AK? But whatever. Also, good luck trying to did kill somebody. Ever try to, hmm? Did you ever try to snipe with your pistol? Actually, I use the pistol to snipe. If I need, yeah. if I try in long distance, how? if I try in long distance, how? I will use the pistol over the AK. Um, I don't understand how that's better. I, it doesn't make sense how that's no. better. But it does, and it's... Uh. And the shotguns are trash. The shotguns are so Ooh. bad. The shotguns have a distance Ugh. of like two feet. Hate it. Okay, what's what's your number seven? My number seven <laughs> is The Flash. I've been excited for this one for a while, even though I know this has had, of all the movies, just as much, if not more, production issues than Black Adam. And it hasn't really gone away in recent weeks with some of the reports that have gone out for the movie. I've always really liked the Flash as a character and have waited for him to get the spotlight. I'm still kind of disappointed that I get the sense that he won't get the spotlight even in his own first movie here and he's going to have to share it with a whole bunch of other people. But 
I really like that first tease that we got at DC Fandom because they seem to be leaning in a lot to comic book lore, and that just makes me happy of seeing the Flash ring. Ooh, just made me happy. The gold boots, the finally improved suit because good God, I hate that Snyder Flash suit so much. It is one of my least favorite suits of all time. I'm still on the fence about Ezra Miller's casting. I'm looking forward to this movie, though, quite a bit for the potential that it could have. I like the story of Flashpoint. I think it'll be interesting to see how they implement that in the movie. Also, like another movie that I've got talk about later here, I think this will be cameos galore, and I think it'll be a lot yeah. of fun. And I wouldn't be surprised if The Flash is where we start getting our first hints of Dick Grayson more than anything else. I think there's a lot of interesting possibilities here with The Flash. Um, could be a lot of fun. Especially seeing Zack Snyder's Justice League, I like the powers that they hinted at with The Flash, even if it just kind of came out of nowhere that he can go back in time. It felt kind of deus ex machina here, but I'm looking forward to The Flash. He is one of my favorite characters. Not like top five, but he's definitely up there, and I think The Flash as a character has been long overdue for a movie, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it despite some of the things we're hearing about it. Yeah, and I can't blame you on that. I'm I'm still calling. I think I said this in our predictions video. Uh, I'm still calling that impulse shows up, but that's that's just. Uh, I'm still saying Henry Cavill. Me. Yeah, dude. The, the, the opportunities are limited. Nicholas Cage, Superman. There's, I think there's going to be a lot of things that we never thought we'd see in a DC film. Speaking of things that I never thought we'd see. How about Knuckles and Sonic 2? Baby, I'm super hyped on my number six spot for Sonic 2, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I'm a little surprised, but I guess I shouldn't be. <laughs> I really shouldn't have been. I think Josh no. liked the first one a lot more than I did. I didn't mind the first one. It really no, was not that bad. It. it was better than it had any right to be, but... Yep. The second one does look but... good. The second one looks like a massive improvement over an already pretty decent franchise. You can't tell me that you weren't like, oh, here we go. When he when you hear off screen, like, I don't need your power. And they pan over and it's Knuckles. Like, bro, That wasn't off on. screen. That was in the shot. I, I don't. That's a close okay, up. You can, you How many times have you watched the trailer? All, all you can correct me. You can correct me all you want. But it doesn't negate the fact that it was so cool moment. I, I just uh, need I'm Knuckles just to say, do you know Dewey at some point in the movie? <laughs> I I need that to happen, and I need Shadow to be hinted at by the end of the film because I think if uh, I can just see it in my head of uh, Eggman being like, "Well, that didn't work out. I thought I could pit not pit Knuckles against them. Well, if I can't make a friend, mix if I can't like coerce somebody into fighting Sonic, maybe can I can just build something to go against Sonic, and that's how he does that. But who knows?" Don't get me wrong. It's not on my list primarily just because, again, this year is packed. But I think Sonic yes. can be a lot of fun. And I, I like this the first one, but I think the second one will be even better. Just like my number six. I love the first one, but I think the second one could be even better for Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Interesting. Okay. Again, okay. Okay. there's so many options for what could be my most anticipated there's just so many things coming out this year that yeah, this had to yeah, be yeah, slotted yeah. somewhere so it's at number six i loved into the spider-verse so much um and i didn't think i would because none of the trailers really wowed me the animation at first from all the trailers was very off-putting and but you get used to it really quick i'm really excited to see 
what kind of madness we get going even further down the rabbit hole. Um, mm-hmm. I just think the first one was such a surprise success that now that they've had success, I think other people are willing to get involved. Like once you know, it's not a risk, you're willing to jump in on something. So yeah. I would not be surprised yeah. if we get McGuire, Garfield, Holland, still sticking with a nineties animated series. Spider-Man shows up. I just think there's a lot of interesting storytelling possibilities. You can bring in like, um, spider woman, Spider-Man 2099, we know will be in it. I think that's awesome. Uh, there's just so many cool possibilities. And I'm still sticking with my prediction that I said last week. I bet this movie ends in live action form. I think that would be a really fun ending. Or bring in live action in some capacity. If he's really going to all these different styles, at one point, I don't want to say go full family guy with it, but make it live action at one point. I think that would be really, really fun. I I just love the first one so much, and I want to spend more time in it, even if it felt like so long ago that the first one came out. Yeah, and that's why for me it's a little higher on the list. But um, again, like you like you said, at this point, I don't know if the numbering on any of these is necessarily fair because I think a lot of these for the top just, two it does. Yeah, I'm just generally very hyped for um, my like. I'll go ahead and get into my number five then. Uh, is gonna, unfortunately, I think it would be higher if the ending of its most recent installment had been better. Uh, number five is gonna be Halloween Ends. I'm while I'm excited for it, I definitely Halloween Kills was not as good as I think it needed to be. It was not a bad movie. I, like, I don't think ever, I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, it's it's the worst Halloween out of all of Did them. Did you like, watch the rest bro, of the Halloween have, movies? Yeah, yeah, how many have you seen? Like, I understand. There's the moment when he kicks that door and then goes into, the, into the, the arm of that girl and she shoots herself in the head. I understand that that's like kind of wacky and there's a kind some like nonsensical stuff that happens in this film. Y'all not watch Halloween but... six or the Rob zombie yeah. ones or Halloween <laughs> resurrection. But, but I think it's still, it does. It doesn't get across the message as clear as it's supposed to that it's trying to tell, which is fine, but I'm excited at the very least to see how this ends now with, um, Lori's daughter's dead. Like, holy cow, how is that going to affect Lori and her granddaughter? Like, this is going to go ham. And I'm just excited to see how it how this specific trilogy ends. And I hope that they legitimately kill Michael. Like, he is dead, dead, and they don't leave it open for, like, but maybe he goes after the granddaughter. Like, no, nah, screw you. Yeah. We don't need that anymore. End it. Yeah, so my I have Halloween ends, but it's not very, very far away at all. Um, but my number five, Knives Out 2. It would be even go. higher on my list, but it does kind of take some of the, the shine off of it being on Netflix. Like, I know it shouldn't because it's still yeah. a movie and it's still basically the same people involved from a behind-the-camera standpoint. But I don't know, something about it not being in theaters and being a Netflix movie kind of takes away some of the specialness for me. But that first Knives Out was hands down my favorite movie of 2019. That was such a pleasant surprise. I loved it so much. And it's just already become one of my most rewatchable movies. Of It's already slotted in. Everyone has that like family movie rotation, at least mine does, of like 
five or six movies that when in doubt you'll just put that movie on um so like for my family mission impossible 4 independence day armageddon prince of persia like just movies you could just put on a background that we've seen a million times that we just love watching first knives out is already one of those movies so i'm excited for knives out too i like the cast dave batista i think will be a very interesting addition to this cast i think the cast as a whole is really really well done so i'm looking forward to what we're going to see next um so then i'll just piggyback number four is for me halloween ends um yeah wasn't too far off i will always be hyped for a halloween movie i agree with you that halloween kills wasn't as strong as it needed to be but it was not nearly as bad as a lot of people have made it out to be i think it's it's a mid-level halloween movie there are some truly amazing things in halloween kills there's some truly baffling things in halloween kills like it just came out in 4K today. I would need to run out and get it at some point because I just need to rewatch the first 20 minutes on a loop every single day yes. until Halloween comes ah, because, absolutely. God, that you've done the impossible. So that kind of carries enough good favor for me. It would be higher on my list, one, if there wasn't movies that I was more excited for that hold more emotional attachment to me, but two... If there wasn't some factors that I'm very confused about for Halloween ends, they said when it comes out later this year in 2022 that that's when it takes place in Halloween ends. So they're actually going to use that four-year time gap between Halloween 2018 to 2022, and they're going to say, we're going to incorporate real-world events into this. I'm going, how are you just going to have Lori sit on the sidelines for four years? Like... Yeah, it, it, I know I, she's got to heal up, even, but for four years, like it, it, it makes it a little dicey for even, me. But even with that, like having having Michael sit on the sidelines for four years, what he gonna after finally getting back to his home, he's just gonna disappear. Someone like, did that, bring up an interesting theory, and I think I talked to you about this. Of what if his home was never what he was looking for? What if he was looking for his parents? Because he's still got the brain of a child. And that's why he went home. And now that he finds that they're not there, he just kind of wanders for a while. Which I don't know if I like because that seems too much Rob Zombie Halloween where he just kind of wanders aimlessly like Daniel Bryan or a Wyatt family member for years. Yeah, just, There's just a lot of this that I want to be excited also, for. But I'm also confused about it at the same time. They're like, yeah. it's the final showdown between Laurie and Michael. I'm going, well, it wasn't. 2018's the final showdown between Laurie and Michael. Like, I think the biggest issue that Halloween Kills had was it was very blatantly the middle part of a trilogy. Like, they knew what yes. the beginning and the end will be. They just needed to kind of drag out the middle part. Kind of like Far From Home, basically. Of, yeah, we we know what the ending is. We just kind of have to stretch out the middle a little bit. So I, well, I will always be excited for a Halloween movie by far. Uh, yeah. I just need proper closure for Lori this time. I'm pretty confident she's going to die. I just want her to be killed off properly and respectfully this time. Go out like the badass that we know she is and not like, I got stabbed in the back and fell in some bushes. Yeah, that wouldn't be Or fun. die off screen in a car well. accident. Well, and I think, uh, oh, oh, that, yeah, that hurt. That hurt too. Like, really? That's how? Okay. And as far as that theory goes, like, I just, we're, so we're also going to change it again? Because in Halloween Kills, they're like, oh, yeah, Lori, he's never been after you. He just wanted to go home. 
okay, so then you're going to switch it up again in the next movie? That just, that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, so my number four, and I wasn't far behind yours, uh, is Spider-Man Across the Universe. Across the Spider-Verse I, I Part I just, 1? Yeah. Um, yeah, let's go. I, I think you said everything that needs to be said. Like, There's so much potential for this movie. I loved the first one. Um, I still watch it. It's it definitely in like my top ten rotation of movies. Oh yeah, same. Pop in every now and then. Um, it just it's just such a great movie, and the potential for the second one is going to be so big. It would be interesting to see if they reference some other like Spider-Man like projects. I remember reading a a comic book uh, that was like done in like a manga style. Uh, it's like card like um, what is it? Arcadia, Arcaea, Arcaea, Arcaea. girl who like get. It's like almost Blue Beetle, but with spider powers. Ooh. It was cool, but anyway, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see like what they do and how far they take this. And again, I'm with you. I'm on board if they go um, live action on this. Um, I don't know how that would play out. I don't know how I feel about part two being all like live action, live action, but I think it would be very interesting for them to just randomly pop into live action and then pop out almost like a, because <laughs> like amazing world of gumball does that sometimes as, as far as like, like a bunch of different styles of, of art, mm-hmm. like in the final season, everybody's got different like art levels or whatever and like the main villain is an actual human being just like live action human being walking around in this cartoon world it's very interesting but um yeah we'll see what happens i'm excited for it though um here we go top Top three three. i at least one of these i think has to be the same one maybe two of them yo yeah at least one one. what's your number three i think think number three might be the same it's not going to surprise you uh my number three is not going to be the same because it's in your honorable mentions. I am so hyped about the unbearable weight of mass. Wow. I can't, That's I a surprise contender you, there. I cannot tell you how excited I am to see everybody witness the greatness that is Luke Cage. Luke, no, Luke Cage. Nicholas Cage. Nick Cage. In the way that I've always seen him. You know what I mean? And I, a part of me, I think... I really just knowing how Cage is, I feel this will while this will be an adventure, it will also be a weird form of like an a movie documentary for his actual life in a way. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring up uh stuff about the hard times that he had that he came across and about the stuff about him not having to sell his entire comic book collection you know it's like stuff like that i wouldn't be surprised if that kind of stuff comes up and it would just be super interesting to see and i'm just i love nicholas cage and the fact that they're like legitimately putting him in like i don't know how to say this like a mainstream comedy movie i just like let's go With dude. The Absolutely. come on now yeah, like what? <laughs> All right. What's your number three? My Something dude? completely, completely different that still could have Nicolas Cage in it at some point. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. I'm not entirely convinced that Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider won't show up at some point in this movie. <laughs> but I'm excited for this movie on the sheer premise of the 
the could be aspect of this of we didn't actually know how all in they would go with no way home in terms of the That's multiverse because so many people are just like toby and andrew will probably be in it but they'll just be in the end i don't know about you but toby and andrew were in no way home a lot more than i thought they would be i know some people are just like they're only in the final fight no they're they're in it basically the last 40 percent of the movie like they're there for his character they're willing to embrace all the greater aspects of the multiverse. If you have a movie called In the Multiverse of Madness, you better deliver on the multiverse aspect. We've heard some crazy things about what they might be doing in this, and I'm going, if half of what you've told me is true, then this movie's going to be insane, and I cannot wait That's to fair. see it. Um, I think the first Doctor Strange is fine, but I think Doctor Strange as a character has only gotten better in the MCU. Yeah. His first one, I think, is just okay. But I liked him in Infinity War. He's an integral part of Endgame. I liked him in No Way Home. He's getting better and better as a character that I can really get behind. And I think in the Multiverse of Madness has a lot of interesting potential. It all depends for me of how it will execute that potential. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that's why I'm a little, I'm still a little iffy on it. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent. Um, I think it is one of the few movies on this list that I, that I'm like, I have, if, when I go see it, I have to see it in IMAX just from the trailer alone. It feels like this is going to be visually a spectacle and that's, I want to be able to experience that, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Um, my number two. And I think what I say it is not going to be surprising to you um for this year and i'm hoping they don't get reunited is the northman well yeah yeah uh of course it is <laughs> exactly of course it is like there's only like two options start... that it could have been <laughs> like are you kidding so the guy that did uh the the Vivitch is doing a viking movie yeah and it's uh actually looks really really good and doesn't look like they're gonna go all the tv show on it and they're not gonna go green knight on it yeah. Okay. Well, dude, I'm in, man. Let's go. Like, I just it, the the trailer got me hooked. I unfortunately am not secretive about my love of Viking lore and Nordic, the Nordic people. But <laughs> God, dude, this movie just looks so good, and I'm so excited for it. I think it's funny that both of our number twos are like so specifically niche to the two of us. Of uh, yes. Josh is is the Northman. <laughs> Because Josh is secretly a Viking at heart. Mine yep. will surprise some people, but not surprise some other people. Because I think a lot of people are expecting this to be my number one. But it's not. Uncharted. Yeah. That one is just... <laughs> y'all know how much I've championed this movie. How much I've waited for this movie. Hell, you're listening to the Uncharted Media Podcast. This franchise means a lot to me. And I want this to be good. And so far from the marketing, at least to me, they haven't really missed a step. I like everything that they've shown so far. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. Uncharted really holds a special place in my heart. Josh is secretly a Viking warlord. I am secretly a treasure hunting <laughs> exploration expert. I think what it is, is I've always loved adventure and treasure hunt stories like i grew up reading treasure island and loving treasure planet as we've talked about numerous times on the podcast 
I think it's that concept of absurdly random, obscure knowledge is beneficial to you. Because if you haven't noticed, I'm the king of obscure, random trivia that will never benefit anyone. But I've always liked that treasure hunting aspect, so I really latched onto Uncharted quickly. And this movie just seems like good fun. I don't need this to be a perfect movie at all. I just need it to be swashbuckling adventure. And I think Ruben Fleischer, who did both Zombieland movies, is the right guy to do it. I think also it's going to have a lot of heart because the Zombieland movies have a surprising amount of heart that I think we kind of sleep on how good those Zombieland movies are. I love both of them quite a bit. I think I actually like the second one even more. But yeah, I could not be more hyped for Uncharted. I've as soon as tickets go on sale, I'm calling off work that day. I'm taking a vacation day. I'm making sure I'm seeing it the first available showing. My only question is, what theater am I going to see it? Because I'm going full Nathan Drake costume with it. And I'm wondering what theater is going to let me in with the gun holsters. I'm going to be like, I don't have, no, I don't have anything in here. I just, I just have a whole, just, I need in, man. I just, I need, just let me in. This is for me, man. I just. Nerd. I can do without the holsters. That's fine. I got a belt buckle. I need to figure out how to, you know, attach it properly. But I got the belt buckle. I got the right. I'm ready to go for this movie. But it's not my number one. It It's right, close. Yeah. But, like, yeah, yeah. Uncharted holds a special place in my heart. But come on now. Josh and I have the same number one. Yeah. You want to count it down and say it at the same time? Three, two, one. The Batman. Avatar 2. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> I need a new co-host. Get out. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, Batman. Batman, let's go, baby. We were, oh. we were pro Battinson since the casting hit. We're going, that's great casting. Genuinely, I've talked about how much I enjoy the Uncharted, um, Uncharted marketing campaign so far. The Batman's, I think, is one of the best marketing campaigns I've ever seen. Of Honestly, nothing has missed for me so far with The, with the Batman. Every trailer has looked outstanding. The cinematography looks outstanding. Michael Giacchino's Batman score of doom, 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 doom. You're going, oh, that that's going to be a classic immediately. Of I love seeing all the memes and people going, Michael Giacchino's going from Spider-Man No Way Home to The Batman. Oh, bro's on fire. Uh, they have not missed at the marketing. It looks outstanding. And also I appreciate that I think they're hiding a ton of this movie Mm -hmm. that they're not showing in trailers, which gets me even more excited. I just, this Batman movie looks like it's poised to be something incredibly special. And I cannot wait. Oh, absolutely. I think like between the first trailer, like was the only thing we had for a long, long time. Not to say that the first trailer is bad at all. Like it's, it's really stinking good. Um, and like most of the marketing up leading up to this point too, has been really good. And you know, I was like, you know, I don't think I need to see anything else. And then they dropped that second trailer, which is a whole batch of different footage, but gives nothing away either. I was just like, this just can't get any better. And like that trailer was really, really, really good. Like I, dude, I'm just so ready for this film. And I guess they, you know, these it would be easy for people to look at you and me and be like, oh, they're just Batman stands. Like, yes, they just, what's wrong with that? They just simp hard for Batman. But here's the thing, man. We simp for, Bat- for Pattinson, too. 
Dude, oh, I'm a huge sim for Battenson. Are you oh, kidding yeah. me? Uh, uh, but, like, at the same time... He's like, a good time. I don't know how you can see the marketing for this film and not be excited. Even if, like, you're just... Uh, even if you're new to the Batman kind of lore, which, first of all, how? I'm pretty impressed if you are. Maybe you're just a little child. But uh, if you're a child, I don't know if you're Yeah, don't watch, watch this, this movie, movie for your child. Yeah. Mm, uh, mm. But, like, even if you have very little knowledge about Batman, at the same time, this feels very, like... It feels fresh. It feels different than what we've had before. I, But at the same time, it feels like coming back to something that we've always known. I just... I'm just so stoked for it. I, I'm excited for seeing whatever that performance uh, that Colin Colin uh, Farrell's doing of uh, Penguin. Like, holy crap. Still can't believe that's him. Yeah. Um, Catwoman's going to be amazing. Riddler's going to be awesome. Andy Serkis as, as uh, Alfred might end up being one of my favorites. Who knows? Honestly, we've never uh, had bad just, Alfred casting. Oh, absolutely. I just... There's so much to like about this movie. The cast is absolutely banger. The score, like you said, yeah, the music is going to be absolutely smacking. And the action, especially from that second trailer, looks like it's going to be hard-hitting. And I'm just I'm just here from it, for it, dude. I just can't imagine not being excited for this movie, let alone it not being at least in someone's top five for, yeah. for this year. Like... Like we said, we were on board the Pattinson casting from day one. But the moment that I was just like, I don't just like how this movie is shaping up. I love what I'm seeing. Is that first trailer, what the hell are you supposed to be? Beats the ever-living crap out of that thug. And you're going, oh, here's where he's going to say, I'm Batman. I'm vengeance. My hand was oh, oh, oh. shaking that first time <laughs> I saw that trailer. I'm going, I know, I, I was there. No, you weren't. Well, I wasn't there. You but... were there for the second yeah. one. The first one was just me yeah, and Heather. Yeah, yeah. And then they, they immediately, <laughs> I credit the editor because editors don't get enough love, people. Thank your editors. Um, But whoever edited that trailer, he does the, hum vengeance. Then hard cut to the Batmobile firing up. You're going, Oh, atomic batteries to power, turbines to speed, because that looks like the 66 Batmobile's flames. Like, I, oh, I just, I cannot be more excited for the Batman. The only way I could get more excited for the Batman would be if in they show one final trailer and it closes on a shot of a circus tent. Then... It'll be that gif of South Park with uh, Cartman's dad at the computer. That'll be me. <laughs> I'm not going to... You know, if you know, you know. I I don't think that's Cartman's dad because Cartman doesn't have a dad. No, who's, who's, whose dad is it that has I, the excitement I, I, at the keyboard? I, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> dude, it's just, dude... I don't see how you can't be excited for this movie. I just... I, I think I'm really excited for whatever Batman universe Matt Reeves is, is bringing us to because, God, it just looks so like it's ripped from the comic. Baby, give me that Iceberg Lounge. Come on. Oh, Which, I'm just so speaking excited. of Iceberg, I just want Mr. Freeze to be in the sequel and done properly. Like, yes. oof, oof, oof. Like, Brian Cranston as Victor Freeze. Like, and like... He can like I have faith in Matt Reeves that he would make um, Mr. Freeze 
incredibly heartbreaking as the villain, which is what he needs to yep. be. Like, I just, yeah. Anyway, God, man, what a year for movies. Like, I, I guess you and I both were like, holy crap, they really did just push everything into 2022. And here we are. I mean, and there's still so much that we were not sure about. Jurassic like, World. No Jurassic World. We have no real information on um, on Nope, that mm. uh, the new horror film from Jordan. Jordan Peele. Yep. Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Uh, we've got no information, really, no trailer or anything on Avatar 2 or the Mario movie or Knives Out 2 or like, dude, there's just so much that this year and like this is just like 20 movies that I like was like I went through down like three or four lists and was like, yeah, that one, that one, that one, that one. Like there's still so many more movies that are coming out this year. I just I'm super excited. I, I think we can finally get back to kind of a quote unquote normal and some when it comes to movie movie viewing. And I'm excited that people are still going to the movies. I re- I just I want to take this moment to say I remember when COVID was at its height and everything was closed, people were saying, well, streaming is the future. They're, you know, you can't really make any uh, any real money from from movies going to theaters anymore. Like, and, the, you know, the movie going and experience is not going to be a thing anymore. It is solidified, I think, by No Way Home. That proves everything wrong. Movie theaters are here to stay. At least for the next t- ten years, I think at least. Oh yeah. The bare minimum. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm just excited that you and I are not the only ones that have such a fond disposition when it comes to comes to movie theaters and seeing movies in theaters. Yes. Well, what do you guys think? What are your most anticipated movies of 2022? What are the movies that you just cannot wait to see what they're going to look like? Let us know in the comments below. Ways like hearing from you guys. And as always, if you like what you see and want to see more, subscribe to the Untrained Media YouTube channel. Help us to get to 700 subscribers because you guys are the best. Share us with your fellow movie fans who you think might enjoy the videos that we make or the podcast that we have. And if you haven't already subscribed us on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're getting your podcasts from. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.